Hey, welcome to episode 16 of White Heat, presented by Godzilla Media. Of course, sponsored by our friends at Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, in upstate New York, as well as our friends from Johnstone Supply, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. I'm Brian Cady. That's JJ Alexander. And we're here to rock and roll. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Brian Cady. At Brian Cady, I should say. I need, need the at. That's kind of important. He's <laughs> at JJ Alexander, as I point with the wrong finger because I'm an asshole. And if you want to email any comments uh, about the show, any questions about topics you'd like us to discuss, uh, Brian.Cady at GodzillaMedia.com. If you forget any of that, it's in the description of the show, somewhere around here, up there, down there, depending on if you're listening or watching. If you're listening, you're on Spotify, you're on Google Play, you're on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching, it's below in the description on YouTube. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. That sounds like yes. everything. That sounds good by me. Over there is Mohawk Honda. Down there is Johnstone Supply. <laughs> Do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Sorry. Um, as my hands go in every which direction. Uh, JJ! What's happening? How uh, we had a uh, we have the remnants of Hurricane Ida finishing up, coming through the Northeast and going out to ocean. Uh, everything go okay uh, on your end so far? Uh, I've got some water in my basement, and the street one block over is still closed because it is flooded and has been since four a.m. Sexy time. <laughs> sexy, sexy, sexy. Um. Yeah, we, um, where I am in, in upstate New York, we, um, we're far enough away from the coast where it didn't really get to us much. I think maybe over the course of the last 24 hours, 36 hours, we got, at least in my area, up to around an inch or so of rain, which is nothing in 24 to 36 hours. Um, as you got further down through the Hudson Valley and then, of course, down towards the city, that's where shit really hit the fan. So, yeah, we got like um, 18 inches of rain or something. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, this is going to be an interesting show. Um, part of which because I did tell you that, uh, I believe I told you I had like a new take or a new opinion on something, and yes, we'll get to that. We will get to that over the course of the show. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, my man. Um, but okay. first, we need to kick things off the way we've been kicking things off the last uh, couple episodes. <laughs> Heels, uh, the new TV show um, that has uh, Stephen Amell as the, uh, the featured actor, the main character in the, and I believe this was the first episode with CM Punk's character, and if I remember correctly, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so this was episode three most recently. Um, would you like to delve into any details or opinions as of right so, now? It's like every time this, like every time I think the show is finally getting correct, they like every time they take a step forward, they take like three or four back, and it's kind of ridiculous. Like, they opened up with this, it apparently it was a flashback to the father that's dead, uh, doing the same jogging routine that Stephen Amell was doing in the first one. So apparently we learned over the last two episodes that the father killed himself like a year ago 
it hasn't been that long since the son took over the company. Um, so it basically shows the father like on his last day, like doing the morning jog, comes home, does some gardening, walks in the house, grabs a gun, walks out onto the deck, blows his freaking head off. And then you see uh, freaking uh, the, the younger son come like out of a bedroom going, dad, dad, you home? So the kid was, so he was there like when the dad offed himself. So, okay. All right. So that's going to be part of the story somewhere, I guess. Um, the whole thing with them bringing it. So they bring in punk is this character, Ricky rabies, who was so freaking hokey and carny. And he brings his son with them and shit. And like, they, he's like, Oh, I've got this whole theatrical setup where they literally have a drone that the son commands with a possum like draped over the, the drone and this, and they mix up corn syrup. So what happens is as he's coming to the ring and getting everyone hyped, the drone flies into the ring and spits fake blood in the face of the opponent. Whole elaborate setup. But yet this guy, as you find out, like they, they brought him in to pop the house because he's a really big name. But then you find out that like nowhere's booking him. So that's not how it works on the indies. Like you bring in a name that's a nostalgia act. It's someone that has been on TV, not some regional indie guy. Like that, and that that makes a major problem because that's how all these there's a lot of indie prima donnas that think that they're the big draw on a fucking show when you book them. And you have to be like, you have to take them down to earth and make them realize that no, just because you have 1500 Facebook friends and 2000 Instagram followers doesn't mean 2000 people are going to show up to see you. Prima Donna's in an Indian wrestling locker room. No, no, never. And that's that's uh, there's the there's the dude in it that was that's been complaining since the first episode about not being in the main event. Like the whole thing is like they book they book the younger brother to work the newest guy that's been coming to the Fed uh, so that you know because he's going to try to come out and win back the crowd and try to cut a baby face promo and win back the crowd after getting booed and shit thrown at him and. Friggin' and freaking and the dude freaking the dude is just like this guy been here two weeks he's already in the main event blah 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 it's cause I'm black blah 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 and no it's the main event of one show it's not it's and then he starts complaining about about how he's like I've worked these indie territories all over since I was sixteen and blah 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 and he's like no one ever wants to put the belt on me and it's cause I'm black I'm like we're really doing this. Like, there can be an argument to be said about Vince and how he's had very few champions that are minorities. But this is the Indies. It's not like that. Like, and he's like, and he, and he acts like he's like, he's, he's, he acts like he sticks with one Indie for like four years as a clip and doesn't take bookings anywhere else. I'm like, that's not how it works either. Like, if you're trying to get seen, you don't work for one company and that's it. Can I slightly amend something you just said? Sure. Well, first off, I, I should, before I amend what you something you said, let me ask a question. I'm trying to remember, what, geographically, where is this based out of again, this show? Uh, uh, Georgia on the Florida line. 
Correct. I thought so. So I'll, I'll slightly amend what you said and say I would hope that doesn't exist yeah. on any levels. But also considering – now, this is not me excusing the creative freedom being used in, in this story. Um, what one would hope that things aren't still like that down in the dirty, dirty south. Um, but there's a maybe, big but, you I never know. You there's something that coincides with that. The whole thing is in the Fed, there is another black worker who is huge and jacked who even said to him in one of the other episodes, I he was just like, Don't try to pull that. It's because you were black because I was champ down here. And he's like, What and what did you do? He's like, I didn't get over. He's like, It happens. He goes, and but then he's like, and he's all like, uh, I went to rehab and found Jesus. So he's like, and he's like, after I hit my bottom and I got a rehab, Tom Spade was the one that brought me back and believed in me. And blah blah blah. Praise Jesus. But so they cut they they hamstrung themselves by being like, We're gonna play the race card, but we're gonna have this guy here going, Don't play the race card. Because I found Jesus. I guess. And even like, they even have Stephen Amell talk to him where in one part where he's like, he's like, you're a hell of an entertainer. He's like, but I don't need that for this match tonight. And he's still like throwing a fit about it. Like throwing a fit about not being in the main match of the night. Throwing a fit about not getting the belt. And like, yes, there's a lot of indie prima donnas out there that think that belts are the, the, the belts are more than props. And that's a problem in and of itself. But apparently it seems that every person in this one indie fed thinks that way, which the, 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 by the law of averages, I don't see that happening. <laughs> Especially not in the South where they're like, they know how to work kayfabe and they know what's what. And so the whole thing is Ace, the, 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 the younger brother, the Dolph Ziggler looking motherfucker, doesn't want to be a heel. He doesn't want to be a heel. And he says he doesn't want to be a heel because dad wasn't a heel. Dad was a baby face. And he was a good guy. And it's like, no, dude. It's you. Yeah. No. No. Just stop. Stop it. And then they pull out this randomness out of nowhere where Stephen Amell's talking to me. He's like, oh, yeah, dad was a good guy. Dad's a good guy. Let me tell you something. And he pulls him close. He goes, he knows you were home that day. I'm like, What? Like, what does this have to do? I don't get it. So anyway, so the kid goes out because he goes out, cuts his promo. Crowd ain't believing it. Crowd's throwing trash at him again. And so, and he was just like, so you're going to have to fucking turn heel. And so he goes out there at one point and he like goes out, Pearl's Harbor, the, Pearl Harbor's the dude right away, is working dirty for like five minutes and then does a low blow with the ref not looking and people are like, what happened? They're like, Ace just turned heel. Like, no, he turned heel when he Pearl Harbored the dude. Like, that that was a given. Turns heel, realizes, okay, I'm a heel, walks through the back curtain, gets right, like, his valet comes up, and she's like, that's great. He's like, get the fuck off me, bitch. And then the producer chick, she's like, by the way, he's like, shut the fuck up. And, like, Stephen Amell's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, you want me to be a heel? I'm going to be a heel. I'm like, dude, if you grew up in this fucking business... You know the fucking difference between being a heel when you walk through the curtain and when you walk back through afterwards. It doesn't mean be an asshole to everyone 24-7. And that's where, like, it was just like, ooh, they're starting to get it. Nope. 
and they fall backwards and do fuckery. And apparently now they're doing this whole subplot where the Michael Hayes looking motherfucker from the first one released a drunk TikTok of him with his dick out. And so now he's going to be fired from the Fed. I don't know. I, I have no clue how, what they're going with that. They just have, have him showing up at like the producer chick's house and he's like, I messed up. So I have no clue. It's I hate seeing other like workers and promoters talk about this show like it's the second coming of God. And I'm like, there are so many fucking things wrong with this show. Like, and I got told by one person, it's like, oh, it's because you hate everything. No, I don't hate everything. There are many things that I thoroughly enjoy and I wanted to enjoy this show, but it's not happening. Yeah, it sounds like it's a little bit of a clusterfuck of everything being thrown against the wall at the same time instead of there being elaborate storytelling. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is, now, let me try to look this up. Is Amel considered like a producer for this, or? Yeah. Let's see here. That's the thing. As far as like, as far as consultants for it, there's Amel, there's Lou Hawks, there's DDP. Like, there's people who've been around the business, and they're just letting this slide. Let's see here. Uh, executive producers. Jesus, how many fucking executive producers? Do exactly. You it's like how many EVPs does AEW have? I mean, I'm looking at the list of executive producers. None of these. None of these have any wrestling background at all, but let me double check here. Yeah, yeah. They're, all, they're all film people. Yep. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get that you have people in the background as, I mean, how would you put it, like advisors or whatever? Consultants, yeah. But like... No, it just doesn't seem. I don't fucking get it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, yeah. It's, it's like, like you can have all the uh, advisors or whatever the fuck you want to call them that you want. If you don't have somebody in the writing room. I'm making it sound like an actual wrestling company, but it's not. But you get my point. Yeah. If you don't have somebody in the writing room piecing this together that has a wrestling background, it's going to come off as shit. Yep. And that's essentially what it sounds like it's coming off as. Hence why I haven't bothered checking it out, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I'm relying on JJ's reviews because once he told me he was watching, I'm like, oh, good. That's one less thing I have to do. Um not that, I'm, not that I'm trying to be an asshole this thing that I do a lot. I'm just saying, like, you know, that's what that's one less thing I have to bother trying to give some kind of an observant eye to. Um, <laughs> any hooser. All right, so that's your that's that's your weekly update on heels from JJ Alexander. And now we move on to we're just gonna go kind of go around the wrestling world uh, with some stuff that. Uh, we've been seeing over the course of the last week. And I, I want to actually start with um, 
I'm going to start outside the the viewpoint, the stance of AEW or WWE. Um, this is actually something I just saw like last day or two. Um, starting in Ring of Honor, uh, Roosh, Roosh, yeah, undergoing knee surgery. He's out for the remainder of the 2021 calendar year, and I mean knee surgery. I don't know the all all the the X's and Y's are behind it, but knee surgery is usually. They were talking minimum six to nine months, typically, depending on the extent of the injuries. Um, you see, the initial announcement was knee surgery, but there's been a couple other updates where they've been like kind of saying it's something more serious, and that's what's worrisome. Well, if it's beyond a basic knee surgery, then you're probably looking at more towards the the nine to twelve months, and maybe even a little longer than that. I don't mean um, a serious. I don't mean a more serious injury. I mean something more serious, health complications wise, like. Some okay. of the updates were talking like pray for him to stay alive. Okay. Um well that I can't speak to. Um but obviously we hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um but assuming at this point a knee surgery let's say it is just a knee surgery. I mean we're not just talking about 2021. We're talking cuz this is literally the first week of September we're looking at right now. Assuming he's had the surgery within the last day or two, you're talking mania next year. Yeah, right around that that rough point, and that's at the earliest, I would say. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario, you're looking at next summer, essentially. Yeah. Um, so obviously, we wish him the best, but it also kind of makes you wonder. Because I'm trying to remember, was he in any part of TV tapings following dropping the title? Yeah, he was still wor- he was still working. Um, uh, uh, LaFaction was supposed to face Shane Taylor promotions for the six man titles. Right, I remember the- seeing that promo. Yeah, yeah, they were still part of it. They they were still intertwined and in everything. Okay. All right, so it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see what happens now, particularly with that group, because. I mean, Roosh obviously was the, the 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 forefront. Yeah, he was the figurehead. Yeah. So it's gonna be intriguing to see what, what direction Ring of Honor goes from there um, regarding yeah. that group of guys moving forward. Um, also, um, now moving towards NWA. Uh, they had their women's only event in power, and they yeah. also had NWA. I believe it was NWA seventy three. Um, yep, they had back to back events in St. Louis and at the Chase. What's up at the Chase? Correct. Like the original NWA spot. They act, I don't know if you saw. They actually brought out the original ring bell from the Chase from years yep. ago to use for the show. That yep. was kind of cool. Yep. Um, before we. Going to the Empower event, um, and obviously congrats to Chelsea Green and what she was able to accomplish over the course of the weekend, but the main news coming out of that Empower event was um, Awesome Kong taking part in the event and um, also using that time to announce her retirement from pro wrestling. Um, Did you ever have any kind of encounters with uh, awesome Kong, and um, what do you make of uh, this move by her? I never actually got to work with her because uh, 
there was like a couple of shows that I was supposed to work this, that she was going to be on back right before she got snapped up by WWE. Cause that was back before they let you finish out your indie dates. Um, and I always thought like, I, I thought she didn't get, I, obviously everyone knows what happened when she was in WWE and she got pregnant and she ended up not delivering that child. Um, I always thought it sucked that she never got brought back. Like, She's someone they could have used because she could fucking work. I mean, especially like, and she could still work now. Like, I I was kind of miffed when AEW started up and they brought they brought her in. I was just like, she could be doing so much better. Like, but obviously she wanted a lesser schedule, and I get that. But like, I mean, because honestly, I would have loved to see freaking. I would have loved to see freaking Kong versus Nia Jax feud. I would have loved to see Kong and Asuka. Like, there were so many matchups that would have been great, but we're just never gonna get that now. And on top of that, I think had the timing matched up more properly and things hadn't gone south so quick for her in WWE, um, aside from just a rivalry, I think she would have been a tremendous mentor in and out of the ring for Nia in that regard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, that that is obviously quite unfortunate. But I, you also make me come to a question that I want to bring up because I know um, – you're a how should I put this? I don't know if loyal listener is going too far, but you are a a listener of what Jim Cornette puts out there. Um, yeah, as, I, try, I try to catch up with it every week. Yeah, and I try to do the same as well. If not bell to bell, I always try to catch the snippets that they some of the snippets there. that they put up on YouTube. Um, there's been a few times. Um, including just recently that this was mentioned because of the return of Becky Lynch to WWE. He is a proponent. I can't remember about to say this. He's a proponent that when it comes to female talents, there should be clauses in their contracts. No pregnancy uh, clauses. Essentially called yeah. no pregnancy clauses. Yeah. I, that just that's a bit extreme, right? It is at this like so I kind of get where he's coming from at the same time. That's something that you can't enforce, but it's something that like, I don't know, like it's, it's something that can be controlled, obviously. And if you're in a position where you're, con where you're contracted to a, a multinational corporation and your whole thing is you need to make appearances in a physical setting, like, there should at least be a level of agreement with the company about like, if you choose to go off to have a child, the company should have a right to recant on the contract. I don't think there should be a no pregnancy clause, but I think there should be a, what do you call it? Like a, like a, like a, like a, like a no fault clause. See, if, I don't really know how to feel about anything involving a clause. It's just, it's it's hard. It's it's a real it's a really it's it's a really mucked up issue. Like it's a very it's taboo gray area, a very shaded exactly. gray kind of area, right? But like, I mean, like, do like professional like like the women's professional like soccer leagues and stuff? Do they have clauses like that? I'm not. I don't know if they do. 
No, typically they just they they go on leave when they need to go on leave. Like, I mean, I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I know that, like, for example, Alex Morgan, who's like the premier U.S. soccer star, um, she played for a while while she was still pregnant, and then when she needed to take time off, she was allowed to take time off, and then when she was ready to come back from maternity leave, she just kind of came right back into the fold, and there was no, yeah, no issue with it. So, um, I was just. It's it's one of those things where I think it's better off left alone because yeah. to me only a woman's gonna really know. Yeah. A plus every situation is different. Like um, yeah. Like for example, I'll I'll just put this out there. Um, you know, there's some women out there that have medical conditions where their biological time clock to have yeah. kids. Is more restricted than others. An right. example I can think of on top of my head, just because I saw the interview she did that came out this morning. Brandy Rhodes is PCOS, yeah. which is a similar thing that, which is the same as my wife and her twin sister have. You mm. know, and it's it severely limits, yes, not just the time clock for kids, but just the ability to have kids. Yep. Now, the PCOS led in more on my wife's side than her sister, so her sister has been able to have two kids in the last four years. Yeah. Um. My wife and I, that's, again, that maybe I'm bringing too much personal life into this, but whatever. You know, it's um, – so it's somewhere – to the point where sometimes um, – and I think Brandy even alluded to this, not necessarily in this interview, but at some point over the last year and a half. Um, it gets to a point where sometimes women have to refer themselves to IVF clinics right? Um, and stuff like that. So it's um, – to me, it's one of those things where there's so many extenuating circumstances and factors that can be involved that it's just one of those things where I feel like you need to just trust your talent and to make yeah. the best decision possible, not just for their careers, but for their, their lives. Right. Um, and, you know, if if they want to have children sooner than later, then that's on them. And that's a decision they have to make behind closed doors. Um and go from there, essentially. That's just yeah. where I'm at, I assume. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, and then... So that was that was the major headline out of Empower. NWA yeah. 73! I, I wasn't really entirely sure this was going to happen, but it did, and it shocked me. Um, and I'm intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, but Nick Aldis dropping the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship to Trevor Murdoch in St. Louis. I COVID obviously really fucked up the momentum NWA had growing for them um, through 2018 and 2019. Because uh, then COVID knocked them out of Atlanta and all the the tape shows they were doing leading up to COVID last year. And now they're trying to get their feet back under them. I'm just not entirely sold on Trevor being like, I'm not discounting his talent. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to be the kind of guy to put asses in seats like Nick was doing. Well, okay, so first off, when you're talking NWA, 
You're not talking a lot of asses in seats. They are, it's number one. But number two, it's, I saw this happening. Uh, just because it was the whole buildup of the NWA being back at the chase and how the, you know, how historic that place was and blah, blah, blah. And they've really been pushing Trevor Murdoch as that old school NWA type to the fuck where Trevor Murdoch is wearing the same coat Harley race was wearing when Harley was fucking champ, the red, white, and blue with the white, the, the red and blue with the white lapels. Like the second I saw him wearing that, I was like, yep, he, he's yeah. It's, they needed a change and they're just, they're trying to like, it's, and it's one of the things I'm not caring for in NWA right now is ever since they started doing power and whatever they started doing after with all the studio tapings, they're trying to make it too 70s, 80s. Like it's too fucking hokey. And they're trying to make it so fucking hokey and Southern and retro. And so they figure Trevor Murdoch looks just like Dick Murdoch and he's the old school. So we're going to go total old school. And eh, I, I don't see, I don't see him as a huge draw either. Like, I mean, he obviously has experience, but honestly, I don't see anyone in the NWA as a huge draw because I don't see the NWA as a draw. The, it's, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that NWA. When I'm talking about putting butts in seats, to quote a Tony Schiavone from 25 years ago, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not meaning it in a like anything close to a comparison of a an a, 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 AEW, their English Brian, and uh, or a WWE. Obviously, they're more looking at numbers, say like a Ring of Honor per se or an MLW. But I mean, as far as just general. Attention to the product. I'm, I, you're, I don't see yeah. you getting that with Trevor like you would be getting with Nick. Now, I'm not saying he can't be good for the company. You know, it's just I don't want to put this. We need to see where they go from here. I feel like Trevor is too much of a reach. Yeah. Like I understand that. NWA is trying to be more pure wrestling and less bullshit, for lack of a better phrase, than the other companies. But there is a point where you need to have the marquee like attention-grabbing kind of guy. And Nick was that for a while. Um, and to my mind, it still was. It was just, obviously... COVID fucked shit up for a while there. You want to know my honest opinion that I think is going to happen? I hope you're not going to say what I think you're going to say, but go ahead. I think shit's going to get really stupid and Billy Corgan's going to try to shock the world. And he's going to let Flair win it one more time. Why? Why? There's no need for that. Yeah, there's no need for it except so Flair can be the oldest NWA champion ever, beating out Luthez. So Flair can be the so Flair can have his what do you call it? Like as far as active wrestling career or whatever, beats out Luthez. It puts eyes on the product of the NWA, and more importantly, it takes that number of title reigns just one more away from Vince. Look. 
I feel like we're going back to the same conversation we had a few weeks ago after Triple Mania. Because you, you, the one thing you, because you mentioned Flair, for those of you who don't know, the other thing that came out of NWA 73 was that Flair was in attendance, did come out, did a promo about old school wrestling and NWA and tradition and blah, 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 blah. I think we all need to say a prayer to Wendy and Conrad and Megan and Ashley and David <laughs> and all the grandchildren. They need to have a family intervention at this point. All right. And I feel like that beyond them, they also need to bring in HBK. They should bring in Hunter. They should. They should bring in anybody and everybody that has any kind of emotionally sentimental connection to Flair. Fuck, bring in Taker if you have to. Sit a man down and be like, Richard, chill the fuck out. Enjoy being the only senior citizen in America that's considered hip and cool in 2021. Don't put on boots. Don't put on tights. Stay the fuck out of the ring. He wants another match. Everybody wants another match. No matter how jaded they are. Everybody wants another match no matter how jaded they are from the business. Everybody wants another match. All right. It just it, that's the that's the nature of the business. It, it just is what it is. Like, go around and talk to go talk to I don't know. Let me just think of a few. I mean, why do I think Edge came back? Why do I think Christian came back? Why do you think Jeff Hardy won't go away? Or Matt Hardy won't go away? Um, fucking shit. I'll tell you right now. Lastly, as content as content. Hold on. As content as he seems, I guarantee you if you sat down with Mark Calloway with cameras and lights off and you asked him if he wanted one more match, you bet your ass you would fucking say yes. Why? Because that's what the fucking wrestling business does to you. Yeah. Once you're part of it, and this is going to sound really fucked up, but it's the honest truth. Once you're part of it, the business owns your soul. Yeah. And it never comes out of you. Like, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the true. rush from being in the ring. It's the rush from the crowds when they're cheering. The rush when even the crowds are booing. It's the bright lights. The bright lights. The big cities. No, I'm kidding. But you get my point. Oh, yeah. But there comes a time where when you have an individual like Rick, shit needs to get serious, and we need to have an intervention. I'm just going to put that out there. If I could contact A&E, I have something. I have a new different television show that we can do. Intervention, the wrestlers. Sit down with all these guys that are 50 and older that are trying to still wrestle and have interventions with their families. Or take any guys that completely fucking suck and tell them no. Don't get me started. I could I could start listing them off right now. And I'm just talking about the Same New here. York, uh, upstate New York area. Well, I'm not even I don't even have to touch New England. I could probably yeah, name off at least a half dozen. <sighs> Jesus. So yeah, f- fuck most folk. Mo- f- 
uh, Most Wanted Treasures. Fuck the WWE Biography Series. Just do Intervention. Like, Interventions of the Ring or something. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> like God damn, man. Just. I'm telling you, man. It's going to fucking happen. Like, I'll give you an example. And you're probably going to want to slice me down. And so will probably shell for me saying this. Brian, Blue Meanie, like, it's okay, oh, dude. All right, like that—that's that, really the first one that just popped in my head just now. He really like, He does—he does cameos for like he—he he has cameos for like a nostalgia pop, like like when he showed up MLW just like because cameos are fine. Yeah, he doesn't do full time. He he trains at the Monster Factory. Like he does—he right. doesn't do. Yeah, I, I'm cool with cameos. I can roll with that. I'll roll with promo spots, but actually getting physical in the ring, like, yeah, no, no, we're good, <laughs> we're good. Um, although, have you seen pictures of Al Snow recently? No, he's got to be on the juice. Like, I, I will. I don't I know. Saw Al, pic- Al's one of those people that, like, when he puts his mind to it, he can. Like he's like a mesomorph. Like he can sculpt. Like kind of like how like Tommaso, like in the past like six months, went from being cut to being cut. Like Jesus fuck. Like Al Snow's always been like that. If he like had the time, like and just wanted to work on body sculpting, he could do it. Like I'm gonna try to see if I can find. I'm sure I can find it. Uh, There was a very specific picture I want you to see. I think it's... Was it the real Al Snow, I think, is his? Uh, I can't. Yeah, the real... How did I know? The real Al Snow. If you pull up his Twitter and you see the picture he posted, I want to say it was yesterday, two days ago, something like that. Um. All right, it was three days ago. He posted a new profile pic, and I'm gonna send it to you. Uh, I'm gonna send it to you right now on a DM. Just give me a second. I'm gonna send it to your Twitter. I'm sending it to your Twitter DMs. Like, I'm not saying he is on the juice, and I don't think he's on the juice, but no, I see it. Yeah, no, dude, that's 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 Al. That's Al being determined. Jesus, Mary. And he's what? He's got to be what? Mid-50s? I'm guessing. I got this. I got this. Al Snow is 58. 58. Yeah. God damn. Good for him. I mean, good for him. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a rare excuse. All right. <laughs> He's a rare excuse. Yeah, I realize um, Al is a, Al's one of those huge proponents of DDP yoga who was like, would do like. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah, Al, Al might be one of those few examples that I would use of, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, there is a piece of. Kind of, sort of WWE news, and as it isn't officially WWE news, it's 
a tease. Now, I didn't see how this was teased. I, I So I can't attest to whether or not this was really a tease. But apparently at some point on social media in the last week, somebody's been teasing a return to NXT. I don't know how directly or indirectly the tease was. I don't know if it was accidental. Um, but I want to see if you can take a guess as to who I'm referring to. I have no clue. This is new for me. I'll give you a hint. She was blackballed from locker rooms in the last 24 months. Oh, fucking Tessa? That's bullshit. She's just trying to get people to pay attention to her again. I, I would highly agree myself. She's terrible. Like, they're smart enough to, like, even, like, even with her family namesake, like, she is the shits in the ring. She is fucking terrible. Has she even had... Has she even been at a show since Impact Shikander? No. You know... Man, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this because I really don't want them to do this. You know, I could see taking a chance on her. NWA? No. Although, given the name, that, that wouldn't be a horrible second option. But, really? Really? I'm shocked you said them and not the other place I'm thinking of. What, AEW? Yeah. Dude... Her now fucking dad has been there since day one, and she ain't gotten in. That should say something. Who? Her Tessa's father has been oh. part of AEW since well, day one. Well, here's... You think Tully's even tried at this point? Guaranteed. You think so? Yeah. We'll come back to AEW in a moment. Um, what else here? Um, speaking of people wanting to return, this was more legitimate because I believe this was said in an interview by this gentleman. Um, there was a gentleman over the, the past week that said he wants to work for a major wrestling company again. You want to take a hint on who the, a guess on who that is? I'll give you a hint if you want, by the way. Please, because I'm pretty sure I know, but I, I forgot it. Um, this is a very vague hint, but you should get it. Uh, at one point, disguised himself as suicide to trick so to trick himself into a championship match in Impact. There's been so many people that have been suicide. This one's very memorable, though. I dude, it was probably during a time when I wasn't watching Impact. So Austin Aries. Oh yeah, him, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. I saw I saw that shit. That's. That shit. I saw the Okay, okay. I, I okay, we're gonna do something interesting, okay? We're gonna do something interesting, okay? Okay? Okay. Um This this is about to get really fucked up here, but I'm trying to think of a way to pull this off because you've obviously heard of the hypothetical game Fuck Mary Kill. Yes. Okay. I wanna do something simple like that right now with three people that are not really involved in wrestling anymore, but could be at any point. Okay. Um, how about book befriend kill? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Tessa, Aries, Joey Ryan. And kill all three is not an option. Oh, come on. I knew you were thinking that. That's why I had to say it. 
You have to pick one for each. Okay, fine. You book Tessa and have someone go out and stiff the fuck out of her so she never gets into the ring again. You befriend you befriend Austin Aries and then change your fucking social media and all of your fucking phone numbers and everything. And then you kill Joey Ryan. Okay. That's all right. Okay. No, Aries, Aries is fucking like you want to talk about blackball to be blackballed. Like fucking he got me too'd. He's a COVID denier and a fucking QAnon nut. Like fuck off. You are not getting anywhere. Oh boy! Like, and it got me too by several people. Not to mention the way he fucking left fucking impacts because he threw a fit because he had to do the job. All right. Um, MLW just announced uh, their main event for Fightland. What's that going to be? They're doing the te- they're doing the title unification between Hammerstone and Fatu. I think Fat Two is going to be in WWE by the year end. No, they just signed his fucking brother. I love Jacob Fat Two. That's never going to happen. He's already said it's never going to happen because of his criminal record from when he was a kid and how he can't travel internationally. That's a big problem, and if you can't travel, Vince isn't going to sign you. a shame. It is. Um, I love Jacob Fatu, and he would be great there. Unfortunately, it's never going to happen. Which uh, brings me to something I was hoping we wouldn't have to address, but because the news is officially coming out now, as we are recording this on Thursday afternoon, September 2nd, um, I I think we'd be remiss if we don't bring this up. Um, Oh, when does this shit fucking stop? Yeah, Yeah, I just got like triple confirmation on that. Okay. So, if you remember WCW from the late 90s, and I believe she also did a WWE run in the early... Well, no, she did a TNA run. She did a lot of TNA, yeah. Um, Daphne, uh, Daphne Unger... um, was uh, found deceased this morning um, by I'm not exactly sure who Lexi Fife is. Maybe you. A friend. Okay. Yeah, it's a friend who we call the wellness check, and they had to. Okay, so Lexi. Yeah, Lexi asked for a wellness check, and what led up to this was um, apparently Daphne put out a suicide note. And then also went on Twitch last night. Um, And um, was having mental health issues. Yeah. um, Was urging, uh, excuse me. um, And was just having a, a lot of, or excuse me, she was on Instagram live last night. This was not on Twitch. But Twitch did go to, because I did check this before we go on the show, Twitch did go to her channel and take down all her videos. Oh. So I'm assuming that she might have, it might have been a live stream with Instagram and Twitch. 
Um, because the Twitch went to her videos and took everything down, I'm assuming something was there. Um, and here, here's a really disturbing part of what was said. Um, by the way, Mick Foley tried reaching out to her last night. His calls went straight to voicemail, so obviously something was... Oh, was was not good, not good at all. And um, Daphne was in her, I believe she was forty six. If I'm seeing this correctly, yeah. Um, but here's a disturbing part of the video that was uh, put out last night. Um, it appeared she, she was it. holding a. It was apparently it was uh, a, she was appearing to be holding a pistol. Yeah. Um, and basically saying, do you guys understand that I'm all alone? Do you not understand that? And eventually she said, um, this is where it gets really disturbing because if you know anything about... She said, remember my brain goes to Boston. And if you don't know what that means, um, Chris Nowitzki, former pro wrestler, um, who has been at the forefront of concussion issues in Contact sports in general, but especially football and wrestling. The whole CG um, thing, yeah. He's based out of the Boston area, um, Harvard kid, and um, has been. It's been well documented that he has been able, at the blessing of either the deceased in their will and testaments, or by the families of those who didn't have last wills and testaments, of uh, testing out their brains for CTE issues or anything of the sort. Um. So, I don't know. I just, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to go from here with this, except um, rumor. Now, here's the rumor conjecture I was hearing before. Here's the rumor conjecture I was hearing before officially getting the news of the passing. The rumor conjecture I was hearing was social media bullying. Bullying. So, I need to get on my soapbox again like I've done before here. Probably. Motherfuckers. All of you fucking Johnny-come-latelys that are keyboard warriors in your mommy's basements jerking off to 1997 videos of Sonny and Sable and watching South Park episodes on rerun, listen to me. Stay in your fucking lane. Let people live their lives. Stop attacking them. Stop objectifying women and going after women that don't think objectify themselves enough. I need to conform to the this idolizing of beauty. Every woman is their own woman. Every man is their own man. Keep if if your thoughts are could potentially have a negative impact mentally, emotionally, and potentially physically on somebody, just don't fucking say it. Keep it to yourself. And unfortunately the sad thing is it's not just your stereotypical basement dweller. There's workers out there who are 
in their 40s who are still keyboard warriors who are internet bullying people. And they're just as guilty. So it needs to stop across the board. Like, like I'm getting sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of getting sick and tired. Yeah. That's... Like, and it, that goes across the board for all deaths related to the wrestling business. Uh-huh. But especially when it comes to ones involving mental health and suicide. Mm-hmm. Like I like that's the only that's the only phrase that perfectly summarizes how I how where I'm at. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yep. Like people need to grow the fuck up. Right. At your Just- fucking age. Another fucking pe- uh, example. Apparently, um, there was an interview or some post that Tammy said, said a couple of days ago. She's determined to getting clean and sober and staying clean and sober. Like, and she's she really wants to try at it. She really wants to turn her life around. And all you see is everyone like, yeah, that'll last two days. Yeah, sure. What the fuck ever. Yeah, sure. Go do some more porn, you skank. Blah 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 blah. And it was just like. You know something? She's fucked up a lot in the past, but if she wants to fucking change her life, don't fucking automatically dismiss it. And let me address that, by the way, because ironically enough, she was in this area this past weekend for the inaugural the inaugural uh, induction ceremony for the new International mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which, by the way, is no longer going to be physically located in the downstate Hudson Valley area. They came to agreement with Albany County to have it placed in the Times Union Center, which is fucking amazing. But aside from that, um, Tammy was in the area for the weekend, and she was at the ceremony, looked amazing, sounded amazing, clearly in a different path of life, but peop- the thing is, that can all change in a split second. Right. Because, and that's the thing I think people don't understand, yeah. is that everything can look hunky-dory on the outside. Okay? I just ask me who goes through depression. Um, ask Jake, the Snake Roberts. Ask Tammy. Ask... Scott Hall. They can all have appearances look fine on the outside. We don't know what inner demons are still lurking on the inside. Where if mm-hmm. any if any certain word triggers an emotion or a thought in their head, they can easily fall back into their old ways. They can yeah. fall back into to get into some of the words you were saying about Tammy. Get back into whoring around. For Scott, it could be going back to drinking and pilling. To Jake, it could be drinking and drugging. Like, the brain is so fucking sensitive, and people don't fucking understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like as uh, I don't think people understand that the brain, how how the brain is, like, in my mind, in my opinion, the brain is the most sensitive part of the body. Like, like your heart obviously has all your emotions, but in the end, this is where all your decision-making comes. And if yep. your decision-making is clogged or blocked or fucked up, yep. you're, you're fucked. Uh-huh. 
So it's like, again, I just keep coming back to the same phrase. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh-huh. And I just wish people could understand. I know it's hard because social media is such a big thing and it's 2021. I just fucking wish people could just stay in their own lanes like they did 30 years ago before social media existed. Oh, I know. Just. You know something? I think we need to move around to the format. Because I think this snowballs into what I needed to talk about. Right. And I'll do that in just a second here. I'm making a quick note. Um, which is interesting because I actually have an opinion about what you need to discuss. Um, oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to move into this uh, new uh, edition of Behind the Black Ball. Um, which I actually have an opinion about because I know it's weird because I learned about this story backwards because I saw the back end of what was going on and then you helped provide the front end of what led to the back end. Um, so, um, I'm going to give you the floor and just take a back seat for a few moments and let you do your thing. Um, so, JJ, the floor is yours for Behind the Black Ball. Go at it. We will get back to this Godzilla Media podcast in a moment. But first, let's give love to our partners, Johnstone Supply in Troy, 6th Avenue. The seasons are starting to change here in the Capital Region, and you need to make sure your home is prepared for those changes. How do you do it? Air conditioning, ventilation, everything in your home the way you need it. Make sure to check with the experts at Johnstone Supply in Troy. They will help you to make sure your home is up to where you want it to be. Give them a call today just to check in. 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. Or check out their website, johnstonesupply.com. I've been in the spot before. I'm always asking questions. HVAC supplier service industry guaranteed to help you. The spots Johnstone Supply. Say what's up to my guy Tom. He's probably working there talking smack about his fantasy football team, how he thinks he's going to win the Godzilla Media League this year. Indoor air quality, parts, heating, AC, your spot is right there. Don't forget about the Fujitsu Duckless Splits, and they're now carrying the J-Series VRF systems for more efficiency and flexibility. And Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for that more basic, cost-efficient option. It's Johnstone Supply in Troy. Helping you with the seasons changing to make sure your home is prepared for those changes. Also, we want to give love to our friends at Mohawk Honda. The summer is basically over. we got a few more days left. But selection has been king all summer long. And some of you waited to the last moment to make that change for your vehicle. Time is not out yet for you. Mohawk Honda is always willing to help you. Freeman's Bridge Road right there. Stop in. Say hello. Check them out on social media as well to find out about the new brides they have for you. For some of you, you're going to drive there and trade in your vehicle and get exactly what you want for your money back. They're going to put money in your pocket, and they're going to have the inventory that you need. So many people that some are have heard just can't find the vehicles they want in upstate New York. Stop wasting your time going to the spots so they don't have your stuff. Go to Mohawk Honda. They have exactly what you're looking for when you make that move. Shout out to my guy, Greg Johnson, crushing it over there. Ken McKenna. Brian McKenna, Ellis's and more. When you stop in, make sure you say, hey, I heard it on a Godzilla Media podcast. I was listening. These guys have been talking about it. They have the support. We have the support from them. 
We want to make sure you listening will get the same thing. We know you will. Simple as that. Stopping in a Mohawk Honda, saying you heard it from a Godzilla Media podcast, and driving off the lot with the vehicle that you want. Getting ready for the fall road trips and more. It is Mohawk Honda where they always go out of their way to please you. Now, back to this Godzilla Media podcast. So this actually goes back several years um, to certain people getting accused of certain things and them not being true and just things getting swept under the rug and stuff. But fast forward to just the past 72 hours or so. And all of a sudden, everybody's on the same page as where they should have been with the toxic terror Danny Adam, also known as Tim G uh, G in Syracuse, who has been outed majorly for statutory as well as full-on the four-letter word that begins with R. There have been screenshots provided. There have been testimonials provided. There is a Twitter account dedicated to what's going on. If you want to know the whole issue, because it's a long read, get some popcorn, and it's at Truly Deceit, because this all revolves around this kind of ranky-dank indie known as Truly Independent Wrestling, which is probably going to cease to exist now. Because... One of the founders of the company was trying to speak out about a bunch of shit the past couple of months, and apparently all the blame got laid on him. And that would be a guy by the name of Lance Madewell. I have shared locker rooms with both Lance and Danny uh, quite recently, in the past couple of years. Um, I had really no opinion on Danny. Lance was always a very nice individual. Um. And I know the fact that things seemed to go downhill just around the time it was around, like it during it was like June or so or early July. Uh, Lance came out as pansexual, and after that, all of a sudden, like there's a bunch of people talking shit about Lance and saying he's a predator and all this shit. And Lance comes out and says, "I haven't done shit." It's Danny Adam. And as you can see in the screenshots on the Truly Deceit Twitter, apparently there was a big infighting among the people who ran Truly Independent Wrestling where he said, listen, there's some fucked up shit going on. And they're all, no, we believe Danny. We don't believe you. Go fuck yourself. And apparently a lot of this leads back to the, the entire formation of Truly Independent Wrestling was a bunch of renegades, renegades, quote unquote, who burned bridges and fucked up in your face wrestling in New York and said a bunch of shit about Drake Evans. Now, if you want to remember last week, I mentioned Drake and Brian said, I haven't, I've heard blah, blah, blah. And I said, I've always liked Drake. Drake's a nice guy. I still speak to Drake. And I let Drake know about the shit because literally in those screenshots, it says, don't go all Drake on this. This isn't IYFW. So this is shit that's been going on for a long time. Like, there's been a lot of bad things said about Drake Evans that I know aren't true. And it's it goes because Drake had a falling out with his wife. He's divorced. 
his wife did a bunch of fucked up shit and all, somehow it laid on Drake. Same thing here where Danny Adam did a bunch of fucked up shit and Lance tried to warn everyone and no one fucking listened to Lance. Lance almost fucking offed himself last, like earlier this week. Like he literally left a fucking post on his Facebook saying fucking keys are under the mat, wallets on the gaming table. Don't, don't freak out the cat. Like luckily Lance is okay. He's getting help, but it took that to be the fucking catalyst for people to pay attention. And all of a sudden all this word gets out about Danny Adam. I had a female friend who was at a show that Danny Adam was booked at in Bridgeport, Connecticut this past weekend, who said he was trying to fucking put the moves on her all night. Wouldn't leave her the fuck alone. Was trying to buy her a drink. She was like, get the fuck away from me. and wouldn't leave her the fuck alone. Kept DMing her. Wouldn't leave her the fuck alone. And the thing is, Lance was doing this shit for at least a month, trying to warn people, this motherfucker's still getting bookings to the fact we're at the International Pro Hall of Fame. The fucking wrestling show there, somehow the truly independent wrestling tag titles got defended there, and there's Danny Adam getting fucking booked by the good old boys in New York Championship Wrestling who do not have a stellar record of who they book. But all of a sudden... I see workers like, I can't believe this. This is, I can't believe it. I, blah, blah. And Danny Adam deleted his Facebook. It's gone. And they're like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, y'all motherfuckers should have been listening to Lance the past fucking month. Like I was sitting there watching him break down online and being like, I'm done with the business. I'm retired because no one's ever going to fucking book me again because no one believes me. And I told him, I was like, listen, dude, like, and he was just like, he was just like speaking. He's like, thanks to speaking out. Like once anything happens, like you're automatically guilty for life. And I'm like, no, dude, there's guys that speaking out happened to that got cleared. Like it's not the end of the world. And it's a, you know, the dude's a nice kid. I've never had a problem with him. And to see that it takes someone almost committing suicide for shit to fucking get serious. This is bullshit. And just when you think that you're getting rid of scumbags in indie wrestling, for every one that you knock down, fucking eight more you find pop up a year later. Like, and honestly, and people thought, people can call me an asshole all the fuck they want. But I said this from the beginning, and when he got fucking caught, I fucking gloated like a motherfucker. And he was one of the original people that was in that little fucking circle of, 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 of uh, TIW. But anyone who was in that close with Mark Adam Haggerty was automatically suspect. All right. So let me pipe in with Please. my background into this. So... I'm going to willingly put out government first names on this because I don't give a fucking... Okay. So... There's three main people um, surrounding this TIW that are based out of this area that were part of the whole anti-in-your-face thing with Lance. Yep. Um... There was Richard, there was uh, Evan, and Scott. Evan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I had known Evidence Scott since I first got into indie wrestling, even going back to when I was just a fan um, about 10 years ago, because some of the first shows I went to were in your face wrestling shows. Um, and they were one of the lead tag teams there, Eminence Scott. They were the Savage Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd known Eminence Scott for a long time. Um, had grown to be real good friends with them. Obviously, things drifted apart because ultimately they were getting booked out at other shows. I wasn't working shows with them anymore and whatever. Um, but some of the last shows I did work with them was when... Chris Envy and myself and Tom Ugly helped start up Dynasty back in 2013. And some of those early shows had the TIW guys because we basically, um, there was an angle put together by Chris and the money man worked behind the scenes with us, Mike Buckalo. Um, they brought in the TIW guys to kind of create like a Dynasty versus TIW kind yeah. of angle, like an invasion, an invasion angle. Um, and this was literally as the TIW guys had just pulled away from In Your Face and were in the process of making waves in, I think they were doing their shows pretty much in the Berkshire area of yeah. Massachusetts, like the Western Mass area, uh-huh. um, like Lanesboro and all that area. Um, and I was, I was cool with all of them. I was cool with uh, Rich... Benjamin, whatever you want to call him, I was cool with Ev, I was cool with Scott, and everything was cool. Like to the point where, if I didn't have if I didn't have a shit going on, I was going to try getting to a show before they eventually shut down um, because of one thing or another, whatever happened there. Um, but I also had the same kind of relationship with Mark, Mark Adam Haggerty because he was, um. Dynasty was one of the original companies that ever booked Mark Adam Haggerty before he started blowing up. And then obviously going from blowing up to what happened with him. This is all before we I, we knew anything was going on with him. Um, so, like at that point, I, I saw them all as, you know, comrades and, you know, if they were needed help with work or whatever, I was going to do what I could if they ever asked for help. Um, but then I noticed that everyone except for one guy, who unfortunately is caught in the middle of this because there's one guy in the middle, Tyler. Okay? He, and I actually got spoke to him briefly on this when I was seeing the back end of everything, which was... Lance posting his shit on Facebook and the other, the group of three yeah, making insinuations on Facebook and yeah, just being very childish about it. Tyler, unfortunately, is caught in the middle. A, from what I remember, he was not booked on this Hall of Fame show. Okay. Um, and Tyler has not been in the ring for a while. Um, he was He was kind of in the same boat as Lance, where when TIW folded, Tyler basically, because Tyler was going through a lot of mental health shit himself. Um, but um, Tyler was caught in the middle because he understands what Lance is saying and believes what Lance is saying. But he also has the relationship, the prior relationship he had with the other three, 
So I don't know if that's changed since then because I believe this conversation I had with him was, I want to say Sunday. I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, it was it was this past weekend. So I don't know what's changed the last four to five days since I talked to Tyler. Um, but I know that he was battling with the back and forth and trying to keep up with it and figuring out what the fuck he was going to do. Um, and I was kind of the same way. But again, I hadn't spoken to any of these guys in years. Like the most I'd spoken to them was like happy birthday on their Facebook. So that, that's really it. Yeah. Um, but then when you sent me the link to this Twitter profile a few days ago, that's when the pieces finally made sense. Yeah. Um, and I saw the pictures being posted from that Hall of Fame show last Friday. I saw the childish comments being made. Um, it's just, it, it, it's sad because... They really were like a family unit yeah. for the longest time. And then to see that all change because of a personal life decision one of those boys makes yeah. with Lance. Yeah. Combined with the apparent support of a predator. Uh-huh. It's it's baffling. Yeah. It's very baffling. It makes me wonder. Almost makes me wonder where this came from. Because the CJ, Evan, and Richie that I knew years ago wouldn't have supported a scumbag like that. And now all of a sudden, they're, for lack of a better phrase, in bed with the scumbag yeah. and helping him get booked, it seems like. Yeah. And. Here's another thing that's interesting, by the way. And I don't give a fuck. I'll fucking out him. You know who else was part of that family? Think about where I'm from. Think about guys you and I don't like. JT. Huh? <laughs> it's not JT, is it? JT is not from my area. So I was no. going to say, no, he's, he's Rhode Island. I've mentioned him a few times on this show. Firework. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the, the sparkler. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fox Vineyard. Yeah. Fox Vineyard was part of that original invasion angle as well as part of Team TIW. And he was one of the main guys working for TIW, being pushed in TIW. Um, so now that I really am thinking about this, it doesn't shock me as much as it should. Because, I mean, if you support Fox Vineyard, then I should have known you supported scumbags. Uh -huh. um, <sighs> I don't know. I kind of went back to my popular phrase from the last 35 minutes. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh-huh. Oy Any hooser. Oh, did you have anything else to add on to that, by the way? I don't think so. I, honestly, like the at least like all these fuckers are outing themselves before I uh, before I start running again. Because God, you know, God knows, fucking 
I'm really scrutinous about who we book. And Jesus. Did you ever book Danny for any of our shows? No, no. I didn't think so. No, but Danny used to come down for the for the 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 Sunday the free Sunday shows that Tessa Strank was doing that I was running the locker room for. So yeah, but he was he actually he worked, working them. Yeah, he was working them. Yeah, but yeah, fucking him and Lance were both working them at the time. Was that but, a slick decision? Yeah, that just. It was basically if it was basically Wagner said if Wagner said I have a fucking you know I'm doing a free Sunday show and you showed up he would find a way to have you put on the show. Oh okay, yeah. one of those deals. Excuse me, I dropped my bottle cap. Oh, there we go. All right, so let's try to transition out of this to some WWE talk, which I know sounds weird because usually we do. We usually talk about AEW before we talk about WWE, but I feel like we need to talk about WWE first. Yeah. Um. Couple things. Number one, Paige wants to wrestle again. Now, more power. Here's the problem I have. She's injury prone, and this is beyond the neck. Again, interventions of the ring. Ric Flair's episode one. Let's make page episode two. I know. She's in a wrestling family. The Knights, they they fight till they die. I, I fucking get it. Plus, she's been out of the ring, what, three years? Four years? Look how long Brian and Edge were gone. I, <sighs> if the doctor's clearer, let her have a chance. She has to get to that spot first where the doctors clear her, though. Right, and I'm just—I—I I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just. <sighs> For me, it's a little different with her, just because she was more prone to injury, long-term injuries, than the other two. Like, like Edge. The only thing that was ever really wrong with him. Except for I think he had maybe one knee injury at one point. But aside from that, it was all neck-related shit. Yeah. And it was only neck-related shit. Danielson um, had, what was it, a shoulder issue around the time of WrestleMania 30? But that coincided with his concussion issues. So, like, that that was what it was. Yeah. Um, Paige just like, I don't know, man. I'm not saying bless her soul if she gets the clearance, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm a little more hesitant about this than the other two. I'm not entirely sure why. Considering how scrutinous the doctors were before they cleared Brian and Edge, I think they're going to be just as, if not more scrutinous about clearing her. So if I would she hope is, more. Yeah, so if she is cleared... I think that there's a, a modicum of safety that has been put into it. Should we get into the stupid now before we take a look at what Raw and NXT did this the last few days? Which stupid? Why? Why, Vince? Why? Why? 
Why? Fucking why do you and Mr. Pritchard have to apparently take over the production of NXT? Fucking why? Dude, don't believe that till you fucking see it because that was reported by fucking Alvarez. Anything reported by the Observer is complete fucking conjecture. Listen, listen, listen. Hear me out. Vince has a precedent. That's what I was looking for. I found it. Vince has a precedent of taking chicken salad and turning it back into chicken shit. Which is the reverse of what Bruce Pritchard usually says. Which is taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad. Vince likes doing the reverse for whatever fucking reason. He likes taking good stuff and making it fucking terrible. To a point where it becomes unwatchable, and then he has an excuse to take it off the air. I'm gonna go through examples quick. Carrying Cross, fine as is, Nigon looking like a ripoff of Smash from Demolition. Keith Lee, fine as is. He changes theme song. You're dropping him out like a dumb motherfucker that he's 205 pounds instead of 325. Not only do you want to rebrand NXT, but now there's talk of you getting more involved in the decision-making behind NXT. Now, whether or not him and Bruce become the producers of the sh- of the TV product, that's their topic for another day. We'll see what happens. But just the general idea of VKM getting more involved in decision-making with NXT makes me want to fucking vomit. Because it's bad enough watching five hours of Vince McMahon TV every week. If we have to turn it into seven hours of Vince McMahon TV every week, touching the two hours... People could sense as freedom from Vince McMahon booking and creative and shit like that. He just. He's got to be a sadomasochist. He has to be. Because it just seems like he enjoys fucking himself. He's got to be. Because it's what he's doing. He's fucking himself and trying to give people more reason to say Fuck you. I'm going to watch the people with momentum right now. I'm going to go watch AEW. Suck my dick. That's that's essentially what's going on here. Because if you look at AEW, and this actually transitions into this, and this is something that I'm assuming you heard from Jim Cornette, and I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I'm not saying I'm rooting for anybody to go out of business. I'm not saying I'm rooting for a ratings war. Because let's admit it right now, that's never happening for a number of years if it ever happens. But if you look at AEW right now, yes, there's shit that needs to change. Yes, there's shit that needs to be fixed. Top of all, they need to hire a fucking booker like Jim Cornette says. But AEW, they are gaining momentum with, yes, CM Punk, but I feel like they're slowly starting to get it. And the moment they hire a booker and get rid of the Bucks' EVPs, 
I'm not totally sold that you need to get rid of Cody as an EVP, but possibly that too. The moment those two things happen, that's when shit can really start taking off. Because you're seeing bits and pieces of ring psychology slowly creeping into stuff. You're seeing with Jericho and MJF. I would assume you're going to see that with Darby and CM Punk on Sunday. We're slowly getting there in baby steps. And yes, you're laughing. I see you're laughing. I'm not stupid. I see you laughing. We're taking baby steps right now. But the fact is they're taking forward steps. Okay? I'm at a point where I actually see hope for AEW. And again, I'm not saying it's happening immediately. But they are taking some small steps in the right direction, and they keep making these steps in the right direction. Like, I'll give you another one. There's talk about Jim Ross leaving the commentary table. I love Jim. But Jim, to me, doesn't fit that product. It's, it, it's not a good fit. He's making His mistakes are becoming a lot more common than out of the ordinary. Whether it be calling Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whether it be calling Paul White Big Show twice last night on Dynamite, his mistakes are coming more common, and I think it's one of those things where it's okay to kind of weed him out into more of a behind-the-scenes role or maybe a strictly an interviewer role for special interviews on your broadcasts. So, like, there's potential. Now the question just becomes, can they do the best that they can do with that potential? Can they take that potential and turn it into actual success? And I know you're shaking your head. I know you've been laughing. But I'm telling you, I feel like the more Vince enjoys the sadomasochism he's doing to himself and his products, the more likely we see continued momentum start to build with AEW, as long as there are appropriate wrestling business decisions following up the the momentum. Go ahead. I know you want to lash out at me. I know you want to say something, so just go ahead and say it. Okay, now that I'm unmuted myself. (laughs) So number one, We don't know what the rebranding of NXT is going to entail yet. We just know there is a rebranding. Obviously, and there is a general general consensus across the board, if that involves putting it in more brightly lit arenas, that needs to be done because the CWC looks like shit. It was a great concept for the Thunderdome era, but it's way too fucking dark. We don't know what's going to happen yet. As far as Vince wanting to be more hands-on, Vince wanted to be more hands-on the moment they went on USA head-to-head with Dynamite, too. And that that lasted all of two weeks. And he got bored with it. Vince and Vince isn't going to take time out of the schedule they already have planned to fly back to Florida every Tuesday to oversee a product because they're going back to live shows after this series of can tapings, because USA has already complained and said, we paid for a live show. So they're not going to be able to do four weeks in the fucking can because, sorry, this is what you signed up for. Vince will get bored with it. 
in a matter of weeks and realize, you know something, this isn't worth my time. And maybe realize that the reason NXT is only getting between 700,000 and 900,000 viewers is because they don't put enough ad revenue into it. Even just, just the NXT commercials you see on Raw and SmackDown, which is the only time you ever see commercials for NXT. There has been, there have been more bumper spots of that new NXT logo in the past two weeks than there have for the actual fucking product. But so here's the problem, though. With those bumpers, it does nothing. Unless you're already self-aware of what NXT is, just fucking having a rainbow NXT logo and then the word coming after it, unless you're already built into the, the, the know of what NXT is, Random people that are Joe Schmoes who only watch Raw or watch SmackDown aren't going to have a fucking clue what that is. It's called a teaser, dude. You can't just give them the whole... It's a, it's a fucking amuse-bouche. You need to give them a fucking little bite. And then once the rebranding comes, then if you see them pushing NXT more on the main programming saying, tune in on Tuesday, see this, tune in on Tuesday, see that... It leads more eyes to the product. And if that is part of the rebranding, that is a good thing. What they do once they get there, they're obviously like. You can pull off, you can pull off and accomplish that without rebranding. If the issue is advertising it and, and, and pushing it for more ratings, you can accomplish that without rebranding. The rebranding just, it, it, the rebranding seems unnecessary. Dude, if you look at. If you are a casual wrestling fan and you turn on NXT and the first thing you see is a black arena that's this fucking big with fucking hockey boards up. Small, it, it, it looks like a studio, but you can't see anything. You can change but, aesthetics. That's not, that's not. But, but, but changing the aesthetics is part of the brand. That's what I'm trying to fucking say. Taking down, taking down hockey glass and changing this, this that doesn't Dude, mean you have to rebrand the whole thing and recolor it. You're putting the cart before the fucking horse. You're, every fucking person is up in arms the second they heard rebrand and saw the logo. Do I like the new logo? No. But until we see what that fucking rebrand is, we need to stop fucking automatically assuming the word. Okay, but here's because what I'm saying. Because the moment you do that, do the moment you fucking do that. The moment that every core NXT fan goes, fuck this game, I'm out, that doesn't help get more eyes on the product. Because you know something? They may tweak a little something here and there. But you're going to have to watch to see what they fucking tweak. You can't automatically say, fuck this game, I'm out. Because then, guess what? Yeah, then the rebrand goes to shit because on the launch of the rebrand, instead of drawing fucking, instead of drawing your fucking average 700,000, half that audience says, fuck this game. That drops down to 350,000. Even if you gain 50,000 new eyes, you're still down. Okay. People need to fucking wait and stop acting like it's fucking doomsday every time something changes. Listen, here's the thing, though. Aside Dude, you from don't the know what it's going to be yet. Okay, hang the fuck on. Let me say this. If you... It, let's just, just assume the rebranding has nothing to do with touching the product. It's really just touching aesthetics. Okay, fine. Fucking whatever. 
But if you're just touching the ex- how does touching the aesthetics have anything to do with ratings? Seeing is believing, dude. How is changing the lighting of a arena changing you going to give you a hundred thousand extra viewers? It gives it a larger feel. You're still in a small ass building with fifty people in it, half of which are fucking PC workers. That's not going to change a fucking thing. They're not fucking building something or found another building that holds more people. Look at the amount of viewers they had when they were at Full Sail versus going into going into the CWC. And Full Sail only held about seven hundred people. If they find a college campus or something to film at that holds 2,000 people and get people in there and it looks like a bigger product, it looks like a bigger show. Let me ask you a question in the grand scheme of things. What big of a difference is 700,000 versus 950,000? A lot when it comes to ad revenue, dude. They don't give a fuck about the numbers anymore. WWE has ad revenue up the ass for all their shows because they're WWE. Has they can fucking put up stinker numbers and they'd still get ad revenue from fucking Pepsi and uh, Coke and Little Caesars and Domino's and fucking whatever the fuck that stupid and car thing need, is that Ric Flair does advertising and for. You need to appease those sponsors into continuing to funnel money into that. You can't just say fuck all and do it. It's a business thing, dude. And that's why they have the network. They have it because they know they can't get the numbers on terrestrial TV. And that's why Peacock exists for them. They signed a contract with USA to put this on there. So there's ad space they have to sell during that. And if it takes a rebranding to get different sponsors or more sponsorship money to go during that two hour block, they're going to do it. It just, it just seems all unnecessary to me. And I don't care if it's just rebranding the aesthetics. I don't care if it's moving to another, if you want to move into a bigger arena, that's fine. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. I just don't see how any rebranding whatsoever, no matter how minor or major it is, is going to do anything numbers wise to to justify the move. I just, I don't see the need for it. It's not, it's, I don't see how this even equates to anything at this point. Because it's been proven that since crowds have been back, that the CWC isn't working because people see a studio wrestling show and studio. And that, that's why the NWA doesn't have weekly TV. And here's the other side of it. What? Well, here's the other side of it too. Why pull the trigger now? Because they can, because crowds are back, because they're able to, they're able to fucking open well, so up. Well, crowds gonna be back for more than three or six more months now. Like I'm not trying to be an asshole and poo-poo everything, but who knows if the Delta variant? I know you're rolling your eyes right now, but I mean, you you could, as long as people don't vaccinate, there's no end to this Delta variant, and the I Delta know. variant could fuck shit up for everyone of, of, as I much know. as COVID did, or even worse as did COVID did originally back in 2020. So who's to say in three to six months we're not going to shut down and go back to Thunderdome type shit again? To because me, this meantime- is. But this is them putting the cart before the horse in their own regard because 
you're, you're taking a chance that's not necessary to take. If you want to do this rebranding and, and, and go back into bigger live crowds for your weekly shows, that's fine. But wait until the coast is clear and don't do it when shit is still 50-50. But you, number one, you don't know when the coast is clear obviously. But number two, it's just the fact that, and we spoke, we spoke about this a couple weeks ago about how the NXT guys don't travel around fucking anymore. That's something that they, that, and that's, that's road experience. They don't have, they're working in front of the same crowd every week. And that was the problem with full sale too. They were Listen, working not, the same crowd every week. Obviously I, I like to see them get to a point where they're going around and doing the tours like they used to do. Like if it's just the weekend tours on fr the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday legs they were doing and then coming back and doing TV in Florida on Wednesdays. Obviously I want to see them go back to that because we both spoken in agreement about how much they still need that because right. it preps them better for when they get called up, hopefully, you know, knock right. on wood for all those talents. There's but, a ton of guys in the PC that have had no in-ring time in front of people. I understand that. But at the same time, you're still at a point where all it takes is one person not wearing a mask in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you could fuck up half a locker room. This, yes. is, it's, this is not the time and place for it. Yes, that is true. However, look at some states are doing mandates. WWE could very well do mandates and say vaccination card is needed in order to enter. And because it's a smaller arena, they can do that. We don't know all the details of it. But it goes beyond just it goes beyond just the product, JJ. Somebody could accidentally not wear a mask into the wrong place yes, at the wrong time. I'm going beyond the PC. I'm talking about just a gym, a bakery, a restaurant, a hotel. I they know. could actually go into the wrong place and all of a sudden half your locker room is COVID and you're fucked out of TV for a few weeks. I know, but this is the same risk that all the major league baseball players are facing, that all that all NFL players are facing. All NBA players are facing, that all hockey players are facing. So it's a matter of policing yourself. But it's just, it's if the main roster is able to do it, then on a continent, uh, you know, on a, on a coast to coast schedule, then it's time for the for the developmental people to at least do like a tri-state area. And if that's part of the rebrand, that is what is needed. If they are able to, uh, they're doing this. Essentially, they're going to be doing the same fucking thing AEW is. And you know, and you know something that that may be part of the rebrand that people aren't seeing because we all saw about how they're going to be fucking switching Dynamite and Rampage so that Dynamite's going to be live and Rampage is going to be taped right after Dynamite and a dark and dark elevation are going to be filmed in a fucking soundstage in Universal. So WWE does not want their product equated with shit like AEW Dark and Impact where it's all, and even ROH, where it's all in the same sound studio every fucking episode. That could very well be part of the rebrand. But like I said, until we actually see the rebrand, we do not know what the rebrand is going to entail. All right, let's move on from this. Let's go back to strictly <laughs> WWE talk. Um, can we agree that there was only one good thing out of Monday Night Raw this week? Which was? The triple threat U.S. title match. 
Eh. Was there anything good from Raw this week? Because that's the only thing that popped out in my mind. The, the opening segment to Raw was a complete clusterfuck start to finish. Well, not start to finish, yeah. but the moment, the, the moment, from the moment Sheamus came out until the end, that segment was a clusterfuck. Um, well, because they changed it, because it was originally supposed to be Sheamus and Lashley for the fucking title, and they changed that fucking, like, two hours worth of show. Okay. So that whole, that whole segment was a fuck-up. Um... I don't agree with Drew doing the job clean to Damian Priest to try to give him the rub. Okay, fine. That that's fine. Um, WWE needs to shit or get off the pot. Make a decision. Are you are you keeping Shane and Nia Jax together? Or are you splitting them up? It's shit or get off the pot time. It's been going on for too long. Like they've only been making a decision for like three weeks, dude. What's up? They've only been teasing that split for like three weeks tops. They've been teasing it for a lot longer back to when they still had Reginald around them. They, they need to shit no, or get off the pot like, at this point. With Reginald, the whole thing was always we're not friends. And that, that was the gimmick as the tag team is we're not friends. We're just two bad bitches. And they even alluded to that what was it, last week in the promo where, where Shayna was just like, oh, you're going to be Charlotte for this week, man? And they just, and then, and then Shayna actually got a decent promo and was just like, you know, when we're together, like, we're badasses. Like, that, that's, that's been the whole She time. was shitting on Nia because Nia had the team with Charlotte. Right. Uh, but what I'm saying right. is, as far as Shayna's promo, it alluded to the whole backbone of their teaming. Is they're two bad bitches who fuck everyone up. That's always anyway. been their thing. It's been I don't like you, you don't like me, but together we work. Okay, which is kind of what they're trying to do with Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, but I don't want to get into that. Um, can we just agree that Veer and Shanky need to stay away from a wrestling ring for a while? Well, yeah, they're like, not ready. Like they're not they ready. took what could have they took what could have been a decent tag match. Well, they as in Veer. Veer took what could have been a decent tag match and just completely shit the fucking shit a brick all over it. Um, U.S. title it's match, did you notice? People from the PC when they're not ready. Did you notice something different about the U.S. title match entrances? No, I didn't. They're no longer using the stone for Drew's entrance. He's just coming out with the sword and doing nothing with it. Oh, well, because he was coming out, putting it in the stone, and then taking it out. So fuck right. that. <laughs> fucking stupid. Um, I'm going to wholeheartedly admit my DVR cut off about halfway through Raw, so everything from this point forward I did not see. I looked, I read up on, so, so there's that. The Nia-Charlotte match, where everyone's like, oh, it turned into a shoot? No, it wasn't. They just had a bad match. They had okay. a bad match. They tried to make it look like a shoot, but they are fucking so close outside right, of that- the ring. That was my interpretation of it personally. Like I, I yeah. your end of it. I took your end of it. Like no, yeah. just chill the fuck out. Um, yeah, aside from just, that, a bunch of matches were just like a half step off. Yeah. Aside from that, I thought the rest of the show was shit. Um, like the Piper and Eva segment. I get you're trying to move the story forward, but that was just you did achieve nothing. I hate from the whole pipe. I hate the whole Piper is keeping the Dewdrop name. I'm like really. Like, no. Yeah. Um, we already mentioned Cross. You don't need to get into the, him jobbing out Carrillo. 
Um, they're they're really fucking pushing the shit out of Omos being Omos, aren't they? Like they just they're they can't try, fucking help themselves. They're gonna try, and ultimately it's gonna fail because he, he's he's giant Gonzalez. Like, can we just take the work. two dinosaurs? Can we just take the two dinosaurs and put them in the ring together to see who self combusts first, Omos or Aziz? Can we just do that? Right. See who becomes a fossil first, and then go from there. Yeah. Um. Woods and Styles. Uh, Styles going over on Woods. Nah. Am I missing something? Where's Kofi been? Kofi's hurt. Okay. See, I, I've been missing that. Uh, then RK Bro successfully defended their titles against Lashley and MVP, which you knew because there's no fucking way you're putting two titles on LSD, let alone the one you already have on them. Um, <laughs> what else? What else? What else? What else? Okay, moving to Apparently NXT. Apparently, we're going to get. Lashley Goldberg too at Crown Jewel now instead of yeah because Goldberg, Goldberg needs some kind of knee thing done and he's gonna get knee pissed. surgery that he's gonna recover from in a week <laughs> and he's pissed off because of Gage being put in the pert lock fucking whatever um first of all I never looked when I turned on NXT on my DVR and I saw Mandy Rose coming out to wrestle. I almost turned yeah. it right off. Yeah. I almost turned it right off. Then, yeah, and the fact they put him with Sarai, God bless Sarai's soul. I feel bad for her. Then they decided to, and I hope you appreciate where I'm going with this. They're doing the, uh, it's almost like they're trying to do the dashing Cody Rhodes angle from Ray Mysterio. The only reason I'm mentioning is because I happened to watch the, the WrestleMania recently when they fought after that. Um, <laughs> If you don't get it, go watch. I think it was WrestleMania 20, the one in Atlanta, 27. Yeah. Because um, the backstory was he was dashing Cody Rhodes, took a 619 from the knee brace of Mysterio, broke his, broke nose, his nose, apparently. So he, yeah. so he started wearing a mask at that point, and that ended dashing Cody. You Just go look it yeah. up. Yeah. And that actually was a fine WrestleMania match, I thought, but that's whatever. Yeah. Um. But now they're they're such doing the same thing because now she took the drop kick from Saray, rolls out. They immediately cover her face. They being uh, Cora and JC, yeah. and escort her out and just take the count out loss. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. Um, well, because now she's going to be with you know the 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 Mansonites, and they're all going to be like we're ugly guy. It's going to be terrible. That's terrible. how bad it's going to be. It's not going to be terrible or horrible. It's, it's going to be horrible. Horrible. Or as Charles Ruckel said, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. That's, that's um, a terrible idea. Um, O'Reilly wins a lackluster match with Duke Hudson, whatever. Like, there was no reason for that match. Like, you have O'Reilly get attacked by fucking... Uh, uh, by by Ridge Holland last week, and then oh, we're gonna have O'Reilly versus Duke Hudson. Why? Cause <laughs> no, no, that was Hudson that went after him last week. In the locker room, Ridge Holland that took him out. In the locker room, it was Hudson that went after him. Oh, I met during the promo with Joe. Oh no 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 no! They had a backstage segment later in the show the previous week oh, where okay. Hudson was in the locker room area confronting O'Reilly, and they had a little scuffle. I guess I so that's why they booked the match. Um, Dragunov had a brief promo that nobody really cared about. Um, who the fuck is this Waller dude that was teamed with Drake Maverick? 
Do we know anything about this guy? This that was his first match on TV. An Australian wearing boxing trunks. What the fuck it, are we doing? It, it, it's, it's another PC guy that has had no TV time in this. What, what, what is he? Consequences Creed from TNA with the boxing trunks? No, he's supposed to be like Jake Paul. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyways, those two lost to Eichner and Bartel in what was clearly just a performance enhancement match. Yeah. Can I? Can I? Uh, I need to, I'm I'm jumping on the bandwagon on something that we've already been on the bandwagon together for, but I need to I need to exclaim it right now. Why are we booking LA Knight over Johnny Gargano? Because they want to put out they want to put both of them in that picture with Joe. Like I said why? last week. Fucking way. Remember how I said last week there's gonna be a four-way to see who faces Joe? It's gonna be LA Knight and send him back to NWA. Dude, I've been saying that since he appeared. Fuck! Why? Dude, you know that fucking the, like, if this whole Vince is going to oversee NXT thing, the second he sees fucking LA Knight for one week, he's going to be like, put him on SmackDown so he can job to everybody. And then I'll laugh. Look at the traps on that guy. Put him on the main show. He's going to look and be like, his hairline's starting to recede quick. We got, we only got like a year out of TV on this guy. Where's the Farouk helmet? Put it on his head. Um... God, that was such a horrible helmet. Oh, I, yeah, felt I, bad. I felt bad for Ron. Um, Kamehameha loses to Gonzalez. <laughs> they're basically booking towards Gonzalez defending against uh, fucking, what's her name? Kaylee Ray. No, well, no, before that. It looks like uh, Oh, uh, Brady Monet. Huh? Brady Monet. Thank you. I was ready to call her by her TNA name, Taya Valkyrie. Thank you. Um, you know what I thought was great is having a conversation with a friend who doesn't keep up with NXT UK who when Kaylee Ray appeared at TakeOver the Scottish accent like, what? the Scottish accent doing an interview with Arash Makazi yeah. but like they had never seen Kaylee Ray because they didn't watch NXT UK so it was like casual eyes ah. and they were just like someone tell me about this person and I was like she's not that great and he goes she looks like every chick you see working shift at any Cumberland Farms in Connecticut. She looks like she smells like Dale's stale marble lights. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> wow. Now, I, I've never been to a Cumbies in the state of Connecticut, so I can't verify nor deny this. Only you can. So, what do you guys got up there? What do you got? Uh, pilot? Or- we, we, have, we have some Cumbies around here, but. I've only been to ones around here, not in Connecticut, so I can't. So, very... like, what's your like your common convenience store gas station? Um, uh, man, um, I'd say Mobile and Sunoco would probably be top two. But like the the name of the mini mart that's attached to them, they don't have like their own names. Like, no. Oh wow! Like you know, I mean, have, like, Wawa's and Sheets and all like, those. I mean, I'd say Cumberland cool. Farms is is. Like Mobile and Sunoco, they're just they're really just known for being gas yeah uh, uh, gas stations. Yeah. But as far as like the bigger, more extravagant ones, then yeah, Cumberland Farms is really the only thing around. Oh, here. okay, all right. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything? No, Bucky's is a southern thing. Cumbies is like northeast. Yeah. Although there are. I'm trying to think. There is one pilot gas station that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Yeah, pilot are big in like Western Mass. That's why. Actually, two. Excuse me, two. One. I'm not sure how familiar you are with when you're first coming into New York from Mass. Yeah. There's a town called town called Nassau. Yep. There's one right there, and then there's another one, um, in a very random spot where the throughway meets 88. And 88 basically cuts, like, yeah, it makes sense. Let's say this is the Albany area, and this is western, like, southwestern New York, like, near Pennsylvania, Buffalo almost. So, like, where it starts, for whatever reason here, which is Dwaynesburg, there's a pilot there, and I don't know fucking why. Like, I don't, don't, it makes no sense. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Any hooser. Now we talked about gas stations and convenience stores for two minutes. Um, Roderick Strong had a meaningless enhancement talent match against Jiro. Good for him. They're basically trying to set up Strong versus, um, I'm blanking on the name. Um, Kushida. Thank you. I was going to say Kojima, but that's the wrong K. Whoops. Um. They're they're trying to turn Roderick Strong in a Taz. That whole diamond mine shit, that's Team Taz. They just it's backbreakers instead of suplexes. Essentially. Um this alright, this <laughs> You're trying to build a bridge Holland, but you have them lose clean to Tommaso Ciampa. You know why? I said it last week. What? Don't tell me they're going to push him out of the main roster too soon, too. Oh, well, what? that's that's a plan, but no, War Games, dude. Remember, you said War Games is going to be hit Ron Legato. I said no, War oh, Games you is said... going to be Dunn's fucking UE versus Champa. SK when is that usually November? Yep. Yeah, between that and Santos Escobar having a little exchange with Carmelo Hayes backstage during the show, that kind of... Yeah. Fuck you. Stop shaking your head. Stop nodding your... Fuck, fuck you. I, I, don't, like, I don't like when you're right and I'm wrong. Shut up. Um, okay. This is why I'm a booker. Oh, shut the fuck up. Um... Did I miss anything? I'm just trying to check. That's pretty much it. Did you even watch anything from Dynamite? Yes. Can you at least tell me that the opening tag match was good? Eh. There was a lot of cold tags with the finish being blah. I'm almost positive that FTR is about to say fuck AEW. Well, I mean... Um, I'm trying to remember which one it is. Dash got the cut. Yeah, Dash. But he worked the match just fine. And dude, his his arm clearly wasn't a hundred percent though. Yeah, but eh, but Santana and Ortiz need to slow their fucking roll and realize they're not the motherfucking God. What the face paint? Yeah. Really? That you're going to shit on them for that? Yes, because that was the whole Gorilla's a Destiny thing. 
They about to get so they got about to get a tongue and whoop ass whooping. They were doing that shit back in Impact too. If if God really gave a shit, they would have said something by now. Then if God didn't care when they were in Impact, because no one watches Impact. <laughs> <sighs> Any hooser? Oh. I know what I want to bring up about AEW. Never even got the chance to, but I'll bring it up right now. The banner. No, not necessary. But I'll take this off. I don't need the. We don't need the AWTF for this. But I need <laughs> to bring this up real quick. Can we just get rid of Pac at this point? Yeah, the travel issues. Because it seems like any time they book a big match with him, he's either hurt or has travel issues. That's your fucking reaction? A sip of your drink and a shrug? Really? That's your fucking reaction? He was he was there. He, he was part of that original crop of, here's our fuck WWE guys. We got to keep him around. Him and Moxley. And Sean Spears. But he's a waste of fucking energy at this point. Like, anytime they get him in anything halfway decent, there's always something. There's yeah. always fucking something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> For those of you who haven't been paying attention at all to social media this week, or just in general, the announcements that came out from AEW, Pac was really scheduled to face Andrade El Idolo at all out this coming Sunday on pay-per-view, but due to whatever fucking issues Pac has with travel, which I wouldn't fucking know what they are because the pay-per-view is on fucking Sunday and they made this announcement on Tuesday. And he was on Dynamite. You know what? Maybe he was COVID positive in the last few days. That's what I'm guessing. Because he was on Dynamite last week. It doesn't make sense. Bye, Pac. Bye. Yeah. Keep your COVID ass over in England. Goodbye. Right. Bye. Fuck off. Like, that's the point where I'm at. Like, go have a dewormer party with Joe Rogan. What else? What else? Anything else we want to talk about? Oh my god! So fucking. I thought of something too. I'll let you go first. So the their production team got caught out again, and Meltzer tried defending it. Who got called out again? The production team fucked up royally, and Meltzer tried defending it. Are you talking about Orange Cassidy and, and Jack Evans finishing during the picture-in-picture commercial break? Uh-huh. I don't know. That do you think that was a production team thing, or do you think that was just poor timing by Cassidy and Evans? So it was a combination of both. It was the production team, because it, I, and I've been saying this for since we started the show, how their production team is terrible and how they can't space out a show to not have a fucking break during every goddamn match. Like, yeah, Vince does it, but you have succinct sections of the show where there's a commercial break, so you're not missing anything. They just go picture in picture anytime, and half there's times just last week, or last week or two weeks ago, they go, we're going to picture in picture, and then they don't, and they're quiet for 30 seconds, and then it goes to picture in picture. Or the more common occurrence of they say, we're going to picture in picture. Don't miss a single second. And it's picture in picture for maybe a minute. And then it goes to regular after commercials. And you're missing everything. Because they don't think. 
Like, it's the most basic of shit. There was your hundredth episode. You've been on TV for almost two years and you can't space out a fucking TV show. This is not an indie show. You can't just throw intermission wherever you fucking want. You have to be able to fucking pace this show. And that's why they did the extended bits with the run-ins because they're like, shit, we fucked up. But also, maybe have your fucking referees have fucking earpieces so they can tell them, we're going to commercial. But no, that would make fucking sense. No, because these are fucking indie-rific motherfuckers who are like, what's a commercial? What's a hard camera? Fucking suck a dick. Are you done? It's not that fucking hard. It's not that fucking hard. I'm not defending them. Find any indie that would run that 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 would that runs internet shows and fucking have a booker go. This is where the hard camera is. Make sure you play to the hard camera. This is the crowd. That's the hard camera. You have this many minutes. Look at the commentator. The commentator will make a fucking signal when it's time to go home. All that shit. These motherfuckers don't do any of it. Any of it. Then we're gonna try to turn the gun club into the shield. Like that's gonna work. Because people were apparently fucking Paul White versus QT Marshall. Like, that's not the money match. The money match is Paul White versus Billy Gunn in 2021. That's what we want to see. And I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep during the main event. Sitting upright, fell asleep. So, and then of course, there's the whole bit where apparently they went so long because once again, their production team doesn't know what they're fucking doing. Where fucking Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang was still cutting a heel promo as they're going off the air. And then Tony Khan's coked up ass just decides to come running down the thing going, bah, 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 bah. guess what? No one fucking cares. Yeah, you made social media. What is Joe? You're fucking Mark for yourself. That's all. Are you done? Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Oh, yeah. Um, so CM Punk gets taken out in the worst beatdown since that fucked up Dark Order spot a year ago and gets saved by Sting and Darby. And then they have Sting cut a promo for their match because nobody's interested in their match. So you need to add, like, like remember last week how I said CM Punk is Tom Hanks? This week, Sting was Tom Hanks. I have to lend my credibility to this in order for people to care about it. And I will tell you this also, and this is not be, me being spiteful or anything. It's the God's honest truth if, you, truth if you go back and watch it. Punk's music hits. He comes out. Crowd doesn't even really care. The bloom is off the rose. He came back. Yay. Now he's out here to show the pay-per-view. Nobody cares. And then you're going to have him get attacked by the fat bucks and fucking Daniel Webster. Like, fuck off. The fuck did you call Daniel Garcia? Daniel Webster. <laughs> he's not a fucking dictionary. Jesus. That's no. Merriam Webster. My bad. 
Miriam, no, that was two people, and Noah Webster was was dictionary. Daniel Webster was like the devil and Daniel Webster or some shit, or that, that was the devil and Daniel Johnston. I don't know. I don't fucking know. The kid's not memorable enough. They had them cut a promo in the back, and you could tell, like, they've never cut a promo on TV before. And these are two guys that literally were doing nothing but cutting promos on TV for NXT for fucking two months. <laughs> Terrible. From now on, and I'm going to stop asking if you have anything else to mention. Before this is your go-home fucking dynamite before your WrestleMania. I'm going to stop asking if you have anything else to say before I shut us down. Oh, also? Also? Oh, fuck. Go have ahead. you heard about the New York show? Oh, about the vaccination cards? Yep, mandatory have to show vaccination cards, and they're offering refunds now because literally there's so many people in New York who uh, just proves my point. The AEW faithful are a bunch of fucking assholes because they're also anti-vax. Fuck off. This company's bullshit. My body, my choice. Fuck off. Which is interesting because they also have a show booked in Rochester within a month or so of that show. Yeah. Don't come to Albany though. No, no. We'll go to we'll go to New York City and then fucking Rochester. Not Buffalo. Not Syracuse. Not Albany. Let's go to fucking Rochester. Because that's day. where the higher income people are. Fuck you. Um, I'm just saying, looking at their demographic, look at where they go. They go to cities where there is a higher per capita income. And that's one of the reasons they're also failing because they figure where the where the people with more money is, it's more disposable income and they'll spend more at the shows. Whereas WWE caters to wherever they can go where they know there's fans. Not a big Should I mute your mic now? Huh. My brain hurts now. <laughs> but before we wrap up, um, what was yeah. this new thing we were supposed to do? <laughs> new thing we were supposed to do. Oh, You're no, there was no new thing. <laughs> There was no new thing we we're supposed to do. No, I said that I had something come to mind when you said you had something come to mind, and then your come to mind took 15 fucking minutes. So, <laughs> all right, now I remember. Okay, I'm going to profoundly say something that you can agree with me on. I'm creating a banner for it. Are you ready? You ready for this? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Well, yeah. Now, I now I need to One clarify what this means. The whole story. I need to clarify this real quick. This is not me saying "fuck off" the wrestling in the entire northeast portion of the United States. No, no. The clarification is: Northeast Wrestling is the name of an independent promotion run that runs in the primarily run in the Danbury, Connecticut area. But they also run a number of shows in the Hudson Valley area of New York State, so the southern part of New York State. Um, 
typically they've been known for doing um, also doing a lot of shows at baseball stadiums during the spring and summer. Although yeah. this year they didn't do it because they got a, a late start with COVID and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but mostly they're based out of Danbury and Bethany. the Hudson Valley area of New York. And what was that? Bethany, Connecticut. And Bethany, Connecticut. Thank you. Um, now, why am I saying fuck Northeast Wrestling? And JJ will surely pop in about this too because it is Connecticut after all. So Northeast Wrestling has a show coming up. If I remember correctly, the date is... Uh, oh, and Waterbury too. November 2nd, I think. I'm not entirely sure. But there's a specific show they are booking. And guess who's coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling? Will Ospreay. Will fucking Osprey! Yay! What a rape apologist. <sighs> they just get over and book him versus Enzo. With the rape apologist versus the accused rapist. By the way, by the way, did you see did you see they actually had Jerry wrestle that match? Yeah. Sadly, Big Jim Anderson was one of the guys that brought out the coffin for that. Oh, man. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <sighs> so, wait. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm out. Wait. I want to make sure I got this right. I want to make sure I got this right. So, they had the wannabe rapper wrestler face a 70-plus-year-old man in a casket match, but they let the guy in his early 40s that's jacked and looks like he could he crush... Was one of those six pallbearers that carried out the coffin. So a guy who looks like he could crush soda cans with a single hand got made a pallbearer and they had a 70-plus-year-old wrestler. He wasn't originally booked on the show. He basically just showed up to say hi and they gave him that spot and gave him a payday for it. You still get my point, though. Oh, I know. I agree. One day I will get into complete detail. Like, when we when we don't have, like, a lot of stuff to go over, I will go into complete detail about my personal history with Northeast Wrestling and how they have tried to fuck over my company since day one. That's a long story. It is. Like, your story it's goes very, to company. It actually goes to my previous company. And how this shit has literally been going on since about 2007. So for now, the banner goes away. It's called a tease. Just, yeah. just like, you know, just like the rainbow shit can banner for NXT. It's a it's tie dye. <laughs> It, it looks like a spray paint artist had a fucking vomit episode on it, okay? That's what it is. It's like, achoo! Oh, it works! Um, anyways, are we done? I believe so. All right. Well, <laughs> special thanks to our friends from Mohawk Honda. Scotia Glenville, Freeman's Bridge Road. Don't forget, you can go check them out. They, 
and I'm going to mute your mic now because I really don't give a fuck about anything you have to say at this point. Um, Mohawk Condor Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, where they go out of their way to please you, the fine folks there. Um, they are going to help you out. Yes, 2022s are starting to come out soon, but this is still a used car market right now. If you're looking to sell your, your used car, get a fair price for it, number one. And number two, turn that cash on into a different used vehicle. There's no other place you're going to want to go to. I don't care if you're in Albany, Schenectady, Troy, Lake George, Watertown, Hudson Falls. If you're down in Kingston, whatever, come to Mohawk Honda where selection is king and they have the biggest certified pre-owned used car inventory anywhere in the Northeast, check them out. Mohawk Condo, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, where they always go out of the way to please you. And, of course, Johnstone Supply. You can start pointing down now, JJ. Johnstone Supply, 26th okay. it's the 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Uh, they are next door to a very popular barbecue place, which I cannot name on this show. But uh, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Um, if you still need to get your AC units looked at, they're the place to go. Contactors, contractors, Westinghouse. Fujitsu, they got all kinds of great stuff, whether it's brand new models or just parts need replaced. Plus, the chill is in the air. We're getting to fall, folks. If you need your heating looked at, you need anything looked at involving the heating in your household, before it gets too late and too cold, get it checked out by Johnstone Supply, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. That being said, that <laughs> does it for episode 16 of White Heat. Yeah. Thank you again to Mohawkana, Johnstone Supply. We are presented by Godzilla Media. Don't forget, if you're checking this out on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Second of all, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. If you're checking us out on audio-only versions of Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe, rate and subscribe. Yeah. Oof. That all being said, uh, our socials, they're in the descriptions, wherever they may be, whether you're listening or watching the show. Yeah. And that being said, that's J.J. Alexander. Fuck, I pointed the wrong way on the video. That's J.J. Alexander. God, I hate this opposite directional. Shut up. I'm Brian Katie. That'll do it. Until next time. Get a fucking hobby, keyboard warriors. Goodbye. Ah!